The views and opinions of this program are those of the host, guests, and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading. Bringing you the ag information you need, this is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. Well, we saw a fairly mixed bag across grain and livestock trade as we worked through Thursday's session. Corn and wheat tried to find some green with hogs while soybeans and corn under a bit of pressure. Welcome to Market Talk. Thank you for joining us here today on the program. Great to have you along for the conversation. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get market analysis from Brian Doherty, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. He's going to join us coming up after the bottom of the hour in segment three and four today and give us his thoughts of what he is seeing across this market trade here as we're working towards the end of our week. Got a little bit of uh, wheat export business out there, rumored in the trade, so we're watching that, maybe giving a little bit of strength to the wheat complex. Also going to be watching to see where this week's weather system sets up, maybe give us some snow cover in winter wheat country that could be very beneficial. Crude oil is another market we're watching closely here. Down a little bit on Thursday, although we have a lot of Middle East tensions that are uh, very much at the forefront of traders' minds, coupled with South American weather Forecast at midday Thursday, mostly wet for key areas of Brazil, possible four to seven inches of rain likely to fall in the next 10 days or so. And that could have uh, been a big contributor to some of the downward price pressure in soybeans on the day Thursday. So we're going to talk about all of that with Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing coming up later in the show. Speaking of South America, though. Coming up in segment two, we're going to talk with Dr. Michael Cordonier from Soybeans and Corn Advisor Incorporated. He's going to give us a uh, more in-depth rundown of what is happening in Brazil and Argentina and some of the market impacts. So really looking forward to a conversation with uh, Dr. Cordonier coming up here in just a little bit as well. So a lot to get to on today's show. Let's kick it off with some market analysis first. From Mark Lucas from Stonex, filling in for Arlen Suderman today on our midday commentary. We saw a quarter of wheat trying to find a little strength, as I mentioned. Soybeans under some pressure. Outside markets, kind of a mixed bag, a little bit of a rebound in the stock market as well. We talk about all that and more right now with Mark Lucas from Stonex. Well, you know, on the wheat side of things, we've been seeing a little bit of interest. South Korea bought around 50,000 metric tons of milling wheat. Taiwan is in for a pretty good chunk here uh, tonight. So, you you know, it's traditional business. It's not unexpected totally, but it just kind of gives a little reassurance that after the wheat market gets hit as hard as it has been that, uh, you know, there's still some business going on and that kind of thing. So I think that's helping to support it. On the uh, on the cord side here, too, I think that cords may be largely following wheat a little bit here. Pretty quiet there. Uh, luckily, though, not getting pulled down by soybeans. Soybeans are... Uh, looking seven to ten lower here's work through midday and i think a lot of that's probably tied to south american weather still isn't it it is and uh, you know the the stabilizing crop the improving weather conditions isn't new news but it just kind of continues to expand looking at some of the extended forecasts here this morning that they came out with uh they're talking about uh, over the next two weeks that uh, the rain amounts and uh, the rainfall area is going to expand and, and uh, you know, cut into some of these drier areas. And uh, yeah, I think that's just helping to keep a little bit of pressure on the bean market here today. So 
Um, you know, that improving conditions in Brazil and Argentina continues to expect, to, you know, uh, above normal rainfalls uh, in the next 10 days. So um, those things, I think, are just keeping the, the beans under pressure. And then over on the outside markets, I know the Dow rebounding nicely up a little over 200 points here at last check. Crude's a little lower, and I know we talked about that yesterday. Uh, it doesn't feel like uh, there's much going on in the outside markets here today. It's just a, a little bit of uh, maybe technical-type trading, it appears. Yeah, you know, we've had pretty good, uh, like on the stock market, pretty good pressure, you know, coming into the new year, and you're getting a little bit of a bounce here today. But uh, um, I think the FOMC meeting uh, minutes coming out yesterday, uh, maybe a little bit more of a hawkish stance uh, than a lot of people probably thought. And um, people are kind of looking at their positions today trying to evaluate what's the right place to be here. You know, uh, some people thinking at the Fed maybe quit too soon with raising rates that uh, you look at the jobs numbers, they look fairly robust. We had uh, some ADP reports out this morning that uh, private payrolls were up substantially uh, above what they expected them to be here. And um, so, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of evaluating going on here today. And once again, comments there and market analysis from Mark Lucas with Stone X sitting in for Arlen Suderman during Thursday's midday commentary. Well, Livestock Risk Protection is a national price protection program offered by the USDA and can cover any size operation. Dakota Moss of Livestock Risk Services in Oklahoma City says the program has been invaluable for cattle producers. We've seen a dramatic fall in the cattle market over the last 90 days, and so the producers who have been utilizing the LRP program have seen significant payments come in on these cattle, especially producers who are, you know, turning cattle every 90, 120 days. They insured those cattle back in September here for some December maturity dates, and depending on where they put those cattle in at, what coverage level they picked, we're seeing payments from $20 up to $44 a hundredweight. So these are some very significant payouts for the LRP, and so it's definitely shown that the program very much works as intended, and especially when producers are utilizing risk management, they can definitely protect themselves and pencil out kind of a budget on these cattle. And unfortunately, with this downturn, it's definitely coming into play. He says it's been a steep fall in the cattle market. Having this dramatic of a fall in the cattle market, I mean, we've lost $35 a hundredweight, which is huge in the last 90 days. So over the last two and a half months, I've seen more claims on LRP than I ever have. And so just the hurdle we have there on getting these claims paid is just getting with the producer, making sure we have our documentation in line and getting that documentation in quickly so we can get these claims settled and paid. Because with the LRP, we have to show they own those cattle or still have those cattle if they haven't sold them yet. And so just making sure we have that lined out. It takes a little bit of time, but as long as a producer is a good record keeper, we can get that knocked out very quickly and get, get them their money. And Moss talks about what paperwork producers need to participate in LRP. So if they're using LRP, they have to own the cattle. So if they've sold those cattle before that LRP matures, then that sale paperwork is the perfect hard record. So if that sale bill from the sale barn is the perfect record. And if they haven't sold those cattle yet and they've decided to retain ownership, which I'm seeing quite a few guys retain these cattle, turn them out on wheat, do something like that, then they need to make sure to have a good third party they work with, which could be their lender, their vet, their feed dealer, and somebody who can come out and visually inspect those cattle, then send us a letter saying they've visually seen those cattle, they know this producer retained ownership, and sign off on that, along with the claim paper we have from the insurance company. So as long as they have some good work relationships with a third party that can work with them on getting us that documentation, we can get that claim knocked out pretty quickly. 
And once again, that is comments with Dakota Moss from Livestock Risk Services in Oklahoma. And again, talking about LRP, and uh, I know it's helped benefit quite a few cattle producers here as we uh, wrapped up the end of the year, got into 2024 with the big downturn. We saw cattle, uh, for the most part, trading uh, moderately lower on the day Thursday after a decent start to the week. I know that's something we're going to watch closely is uh, what's happening in this cattle market moving forward here through the month of January. All right, coming up next, we're going to get a uh, deep dive into what's happening in South America in terms of their weather, how it's impacting corded soybeans, especially in Brazil, an update on Argentina and more. Dr. Michael Cordonier with Soybeans and Corn Advisor Incorporated is going to join us for an update on the way here after this. We'll be back with more here on Market Talk on the way right after the break. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Bringing you the ag information you need. This is Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to Market Talk. Jesse Allen with you here as we uh, look at the weather forecast for the U.S. here the next couple of days. Uh, really, uh, the southern Midwest could see some areas of moderate to uh, heavy precipitation here as we go through the weekend into next week. This storm system uh, that's uh, setting up here, we're already seeing one round work its way through here uh, Thursday into Friday, but uh, we're seeing another chance here, a big stripe of heavy snow and potential blizzard conditions for some areas possible here. Really the risks all the way from the Texas Panhandle up to Missouri and then up through lower Michigan here over the next couple of days uh, that we are looking for this uh, heavy snowfall event to happen right in the middle of feedlot country in Kansas, it sounds like. Uh, keeping our eyes on this as the uh, GFS and the Euro models are, are still not quite together, uh, but it's something to keep our eyes on here for sure as we go through the weekend. So definitely uh, some folks need to brace for the potential of a uh, winter blast in a big way. Well, of course, we're still watching weather in South America. We've seen widespread heavy rain in parts of central Brazil the last several days, and that's expected to continue here into much of next week. We've seen good rains helping recover things in Argentina. Uh, Brazil, though, has been a question mark because things were pretty hot and dry for a while. Here to give us an update on what's happening in South America and the impacts on the markets, Dr. Michael Cordonier with Soybeans and Corn Advisor Incorporated. And Dr. Cordonier, thanks so much for joining us here on the program today. It's great to talk with you. Hope you're doing well. It's always my pleasure. Well, let's dive in. And uh, for starters, we've been hearing a lot about uh, the uh, Brazil crop here and in terms of some of the lack of rain in center west Brazil throughout the month of December. I know they've been getting some rains down there, but some folks have been dropping their estimates for the soybean crop and in turn, dropping their corn estimates for Brazil, et cetera. So get us up to speed. How is the situation in South America right now? Okay, well, Brazil, the planting in September did fine. But then October and November, it got very hot, record high temperatures, uh, dry conditions. Now, the rainfall picked up a little bit at the end of November, and it did pick up in December, but it's been very irregular. 
the coverage is is subpar. It's not like a typical normal rainy season in central Brazil. So planting was delayed. A lot of soybeans had to be replanted, and even some were abandoned uh, because they were just wouldn't pay wouldn't pay to harvest a crop. So this is very very unusual in central Brazil. You know, soybean planting started in the Cerrado region uh, about the early 1980s, and this is the worst year that has been recorded in central Brazil. So it's been a very extreme year, and everyone to blame it is on La Nina, uh, which usually results in hotter and drier conditions in central Brazil and extra rainfall in southern Brazil. Well, that's been the case so far in Brazil, so... It's been a really unusual year. Oh, very unusual year. As we move forward here and get into 2024, uh, one has to wonder just with how unusual things have been, will there be some delays to Safrina corn planting? What are some of these impacts that we've seen here the last couple of months? Uh, in your yes. your view, how do things look there? Are we going to be looking at delays to Safrina corn planting? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the soybeans are planted late, which means the softening corner go in late as well. Now, the Monte Grosso Institute of Agriculture Economics, they estimate that maybe 6% reduction in the softening corn acreage in the state of Monte Grosso, which is the largest soybean and corn producing state. Uh, they're the more optimistic of the estimates. The Soybean and Corn Producers Association of Monte Grosso, they think the softening acreage could be down as much as 25%. You know, corn prices are very low in Brazil. Uh, you don't want to plant it late because you got a uh, higher risk of low yields. And especially this year, because the meteorologists in Brazil say, with an El Nino out there, there is a definite early possibility, I should say, of an early end to the summer rainy season. Typically in central Brazil, you get your last significant rain uh, maybe the first 10 days of May. But when you have a El Nino, you might get your last rain at the end of March or early April, a month earlier than normal. So if you plant your corn late and the rain ends early, you got a big problem on your hand. So I think the acreage for softening your corn could be down maybe 15 to 20% in some areas. But my level of confidence in that estimate is very low. I would just have to kind of wait and see. Well, I know in terms of world supplies of corn especially, and soybeans too, uh, world supplies are pretty robust. So even if we have a little bit less of uh, planted acreage for safrita corn potentially here, Still on the global side of things, talk about that a little bit. We we still have a lot of corn to chew through around the world, don't we? Exactly right. And if you combine Argentina, and a little bit about Argentina right now, uh, their weather has been cooperative. Uh, the soybeans in Argentina are 79% planted, uh, 10% blooming, and the corn is 70% planted, with 11% pollinating. So Argentina is going to have a nice recuperation from last year for sure. If you look at all of South America, the corn production this year is going to be about the same as last year. Now, that's including my very low number, much lower than USDA, for Brazil corn. You know, I got Brazil corn at 
117 million tons, and USDA has it at 129. So uh, I'm much lower than them. So we're, we do have enough corn, okay? And if you look at the soybean side, we got about a 10% increase in soybean production out of South America compared to last year. Now, it's not as robust as what we had thought you know, a couple of months ago, but it's not a catastrophe either. So we do have you no know, adequate supplies, and I think you see that reflected in the markets. You know, the prices have not responded like you would normally think, given the big you know, uh, weather problems in Brazil. So it's a combination of robust supplies and recuperation out of Argentina. And I was going to say, you brought up some of the, the market, the non-response in the markets, and we think about, you know, corn you know, sitting around that 450 to 475, 480 level here, soybeans uh, getting uh, back below 13. I mean, you look at charts, I know uh, some chart damage has been done in, in various degrees here to some of these markets, uh, Dr. Cordonier, and I think about this, too. I think a lot of farmers are a little depressed looking at some of these prices here as we begin a new year in the U.S. Well, speaking of depression, the farmers in Brazil are very depressed Mm. because they see their soybean crop much smaller than what they anticipated. In a lot of areas, the yields are down, you know, 25 to 40 percent. And they're saying, whoa, wait a minute, why doesn't the price respond? Well, you know what the market you know, is not responding to those reductions. So they are very upset in uh, in Brazil. Now, in Argentina, you know, they're also upset because, you know, they got a new president in Argentina, and he campaigned on the promise of reducing and eliminating the export taxes on agricultural commodities. But instead, he just sent a package to Congress that would increase export taxes on soybean meal and soybean oil increase at 2% up to 33%, which is the same as soybeans. And he wants to increase the export tax on corn and wheat 3% from 12% up to 15 So the farmers in Argentina are upset that, wait a minute, we voted for you because you were going to eliminate the export tax, and now you're increasing it. And he says, be patient. We need the money. You know, to pay the bills, pay the IMF, eventually I'm going to reduce those export taxes, but it remains to be seen how he does that. Final thoughts you would share with with folks listening in here as we continue to just watch the weather situation in South America, how it parlays itself into the markets uh, here at home in the U.S. Uh, What would you reiterate to folks or or remind them as they continue to watch uh, the impacts here on the markets right now? Okay, uh, be patient. Uh, it's just early January. Uh, the crops, the crop growing season in Brazil is going to be very extended this year because of the extended planting period. So, if the weather would deteriorate into July, into January, into February, there is still a potential for a market reaction. Uh, right now, the rains are pretty good in Brazil and in Argentina as well, so the market has kind of calmed down. But we still got a couple months to go for soybeans, and we got several months to go for corn. So there's still time for market reaction, but 
uh, be patient for the time being. Well, I know folks can learn more online, soybeansandcorn.com. With that, Dr. Michael Cordonier with Soybeans and Corn Advisor Incorporated. Thank you for joining us on the show today. We appreciate it. Uh, always my pleasure. Once again, Dr. Michael Cordonier with Soybeans and Corn Advisor Incorporated. All right, we will take a look at Thursday's market action and get analysis from Brian Doherty, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing, on the way next here on Market Talk. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. The views and opinions of this program are those of the host guests and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Well, it's just settled on Thursday's trade action. We saw that the wheat market was the upside leader in grains, corn up a little bit, soybeans, though, under some pressure and mixed activity over in the livestock arena. Here to talk about things and provide us with perspective and market analysis. We welcome in Brian Doherty, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing, joining us here on the show today. Brian, Happy New Year to you and yours. Good to talk with you again. Thanks for joining us. Jesse, Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, great to be here another year. Yeah, and uh, another year and uh, not uh, not much in the way of changes in terms of some of the main drivers in these markets, even though we rolled over to 2024. Uh, a lot of things still kind of carrying over that we saw in December here in these grade markets. Let's start, though, with the winners of the day. Uh, wheat and corn kind of following along with wheat as well. I know you were mentioning to me some chatter about uh, cold weather in Russia maybe having an impact here and a few other News items may be giving us a little premium back in these wheat markets on Thursday, Brian. Yeah, so so a couple observations there. You're exactly right, uh, Jesse. The um, the uh, first of the year didn't bring about this, you know, robust buying that I think some people were hoping that we'd see after a sluggish end to the 2023 uh, calendar year. Um, but you've got some weather that's starting to come back into the weather market, I think, here toward the middle or latter part of this week. Remember, the markets were closed on Monday. And that's really cold temperatures in the Black Sea regions and up in the Russia. So there's there's that. Um, there's talk of maybe some export activity and some business. But uh, we had a, had a pretty good turnaround today. And I'm not sure I got all the, the dots aligned as to why when you have a what, uh, close to about 23 cent trading range, why it finished right near the high of the day. So there might be a little more to it, the story, uh, or there might be a little bit more emphasis on this, on this, um, on the cold weather that it seems to be European, the, the whole European kind of window, Russia window, Black Sea region. Uh, and there was also talk today that Russia still seems very disinterested in talking about uh, uh, renewing the corridor. Yeah, and that's uh, another thing to keep an eye on as well. And I, I wonder, too, if maybe uh, I'm crystal balling a little bit here, but we've got a lot of shipping challenges around the world and particularly in the Red Sea and the Suez Canal and wondering if that's maybe having uh, a little bit starting to show itself in its markets and having some more impact there as well. Uh, just with some of those shipping challenges, not able to move much of anything 
through that Suez Canal region here with all the turmoil in the Middle East right now, Brian? It certainly doesn't take a very vivid imagination. And it kind of goes back to like when the war uh, started with Ukraine and Russia, just to, you know, you start connecting a lot of uh, a lot of what ifs. And well, what if it can't ship? It, and where, you know, where's the supply going to come from? And, and, and the, does the U.S. Uh, capture some of that? Um, you know, you look at our drought monitor map, still still pretty nasty in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. So just looking at all those things, you kind of look at commodities uh, and they're pressured. And, and in particular, I'll kind of segue into soybeans again down today. Uh, looks like the, the managed money continues to sell technicals, sell the trend. Idea of rain makes grain. Um, Probably some improvement in conditions in Brazil for sure, but is it enough to drop prices? Poor technical pictures. So, so continued uh, difficult situation if you're bullish beans because it's kind of relentless here. It's almost day after day. So, so big picture looking a little bit more challenging for sure. Yeah, and uh, like you mentioned with South America there with soybeans, I, I think that's the main driver until we get something else in this market or some other news here. Uh, so that's what we're watching on the corn side, Brian. And technically, what are you seeing here as we start off the new year? I believe I want to say yesterday we made a new low in March corn at one point in the trading session. Um, I, I wonder just what you're seeing chart wise here, if anything is different technically here as we've rolled the calendar over to a new year. No, it's not. We're in, a, we're in a sideways to lower pattern. The March contract over the last 15 to 25 days wasted a little time uh, giving up what looked like supportive, maybe trade activity and just you know, gliding down to where the December contract now has gone off the board. So we're just not we're not seeing any change. Uh, December went off the board about where September went off the board. So there's a glut of corn out there uh, compared to a year ago. Uh, the end user knows it. You've got higher interest rates. You've got this idea that uh, uh, the end user is likely going to allow farmers to you know, pay to hold it. Uh, why would they chase it? So week to week, there isn't a sense of urgency or pain that the end user has to jump in there and get things bought. And that's just kind of where we are time of year. Add to that the last couple of weeks, really this idea that the weather conditions in South America will certainly could affect some of the bean, if not maybe a lot of the bean crop. And there's certainly private estimates out there are taking the Brazilian crop down to, to the low 150s versus 165 where it started this year. You can't quite, I don't think, you know, argue that that's necessarily going to have big impact on safrina corn. Whether for safrina corn will have impact on safrina corn, not necessarily delayed planting, late planting or whatever. But it does, you know, it does conjure up some vision that late planted corn is subject to more what we term adverse midsummer weather in Brazil. I know uh, with it being a new calendar year, we, we've heard some farmer selling happening, uh, with, especially with good weather this week. Uh, there is uh, that opportunity to move some grain to town, but some of that I think is necessitated farmers needing some cash flow saying, oh, I got to make some sales here to start thinking about you know, paying for inputs for the upcoming crop year, et cetera. So I guess... Risk management-wise, what do farmers need to think about if they have to make some sales here in this window in the early part of January, thinking ahead to the 2024 crop, Brian? What would you tell folks risk management-wise right now? Yeah, yeah, great questions, and there's no easy answers right now because 
uh, of where price is. If it were a different level of price, it's a lot easier. You could just say, well, there's, there's risk, let's move it, let's generate the cash flow, but we're at a lower level. And so if you, the key word might be what you said was have to, if they have to make sales or core bins or do what they do, then maybe they retain the ownership back on paper, do so with a fixed risk and, and just position yourself for the next six months in front of the market. I know today, as I look at the market today, I really don't see any urgency for a buyer or a speculator to come in here and scoop it up. Well, that's today. I What do I know what the Safrina corn crop is going to look like in, in 100 days from now? Could be a, a full-blown weather market. So kind of that balance is where I'm, I'm getting at. If you sell the stuff, if you, if you feel you've given it away too cheap or it's too low, reinvest a portion of that. Go back into the market. You would have held that corn anyways. Again, we use the words have to. As we look ahead to next year, uh, we're toying with $5, now a little bit below $5 on December corn. Kind of make sure you get a grasp of what that looks like if, in fact, we, we raise the carryout next year. And there's there's a chance that happens. And, and that probably means $4.50, $4 board price for corn. So at some point, the question is, you know, you're into January. Now, when do you not get started on some new crop activity in some capacity? It could be a hedge to rye, could be a short futures uh, where you have a lot of flexibility to move in and out uh, and not obligated to deliver cash. It could be an option strategy where you buy a put or buy a put, sell a call, maybe sell a couple of calls, uh, collect premium to finance that put. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, there are no easy answers, but that's why we talk about it. That is why we talk about it. And I know you and I will probably talk much more about this next week, but we got a, a pretty big USDA report in front of us on the 12th. Uh, and I wonder, too, some of this risk management. I think a lot of folks uh, going to have to look at some different things here ahead of this report, Brian, because as we know, historically, the January USDA report is always full of surprises, very volatile to these markets as a whole, isn't it? It does. And let me back up just a little bit. We're at a point in the year, Jess, so not to change the subject too hard here, but we're at a point in the year where we have a vision and maybe a path of how things might go. Volatility, Mm -hmm. looking at some analysts and reading, they're kind of looking at all these different sort of world events and taking into account weather. And a lot of it ends up on cash flow or, or money flow. So the money flow has been basically defensive commodities right now it's early in the season things can change things can happen weather can be a, a big part of this so so whether you're in the cattle business or you're in the corn business think about marketing and balanced approach and the right tools right place right time have good conversations so it, kind of my message this year is to really you know uh, i've had a number of farmers say gosh you know last year the other times it's pretty easy we had some pretty good prices to work with and really didn't have to think too hard they're thinking really hard right now Well, once again, we're talking today with Brian Doherty, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. Brian, uh, we'll continue our convo coming up here after the break. Want to dive into livestock trade, get some thoughts on cattle and hogs, and look at the dairy markets as well. Let's take a look at a few of the closing numbers from our session on Thursday. March corn up one and a quarter, 466 and a half. July corn up a half a penny, 488 and three quarters. January soybeans seven and a half lower, 1262. March beans down nine and a half, 1267 and a half. January bean meal up 20 cents a ton, 381.20. January bean oil down 22 points, 4788. 
March Chicago wheat 13 and a quarter higher, 613 and a half. July up 10, 632. March Kansas City wheat up four and a quarter, 625 at three quarters. July KC wheat, that was up three and a half, 632. March spring wheat up two and three quarters, 711 at a quarter, with July up one and three quarters at 729. Oats for March down two and three quarters at 365. And we saw canola down a little over 10 here across the board on the day. Over in the cotton market, we see March cotton down 81 points at 80.12. In livestock trade, live cattle February down 72, 171.12. April down 45, 174.30. June lives down 42, 171.55. Feeder cattle January down 140, 224, 67. March down 137, 225, 65. Hogs were higher February up 375, 6905. April hogs up 275, 74, 95 on the day Thursday. We'll be back with more here on Market Talk with Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing on the way right after this. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen. We are talking today with Brian Doherty, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing here on Market Talk. And uh, Brian, great thoughts so far. Let's talk livestock. Uh, cattle started the week really good, and we kind of drifted here the last couple of days. Uh, your thoughts uh, in this uh, cattle sector here as we move into the month of January, that last cattle on feed report was pretty much as expected. I, I guess I'm just... I'm looking at this market moving forward, wondering if uh, if we're looking for another leg higher potentially here or not. What's your thoughts on cattle right now? I, I want to believe that I am. I, I want to think that we've had good disappearance over the holiday weekend and that the consumer, uh, you know, we're pretty tight in supplies. It seemed like, you know, from the reports I read that there were, were cash inventories and we've worked through cash inventories. A little disappointed the market didn't, you know, ricochet up, go straight upward here. But as I look at, as I look at, uh, let's say the front month cattle here, and I look at the the February contract, I, I see a contract that that's really holding together kind of well, reflective of stronger cash. As an example, this this February contract was down in the low 160s, around 162 here about five, six weeks ago. And we're holding closer to 171 right now. Um, up against some Bollinger Bands and moving averages and things like that. But when I look for corrections in this market, I still think you've got quite a ways to go, particularly on that April contract up to 182, which is about another $8 higher. I, I just, again, want to reflect back on you don't run tight on inventory for a long period of time and all of a sudden grow inventory a lot. You do diminish demand. And you do maybe have some some ebbs and flows depending when the calves went into the feedlots or you take them out. But I still think you're looking at a very tight beef supply situation. Probably the problem with beef isn't beef so much as it is maybe on pork. There's plenty of cheaper pork substitutes that the consumer may may shy to if they're concerned about their dollar. And, and too, with the pork market, hogs have, have just been dismal through the fourth quarter of the year. And so looking here at the beginning of this year, I know hog producers trying to find something supportive. We had a bit of an update Thursday, but 
even then that market is uh, is churning around down here too as you look at the big picture of this protein sector it's kind of a tale of two different markets here really brian it is you, you know and it's been on this kind of goal for a long time that is tightening cattle supplies in 23 and increasing hog supplies in 23 and then you have this downtrend of hogs and new contract lows here posted um two days ago good upturn in february today maybe a sign that uh, that the cash market's going to kick it in a little bit here in the next several days um i still don't see at least on my horizon both for cattle and hogs i don't see any like big winter storms that really concern us about movement and weight gain and those type of things. Uh, it is January. We'll get storms, I think, but it's generally a good mild winter for weight gain in cattle and for moving hogs. So we, we just don't have that weather market right now here in the U.S. at least. How about the dairy side of things, Brian, as we flip the calendar over to 2024? I'm guessing more of the same uh, that we've been seeing in this dairy market. Any notes there for us today? Uh, just a perplexing incredibly soft cheese market we would have expected that to show a little bit more resiliency into the fourth quarter and new year that hasn't been the case uh east coast said to have plenty of fluid milk that might be starting to diminish a little that kids go back to school after the holiday here but again it just didn't seem like for whatever reason or reasons just can't put our finger on it why the cheese market just didn't have a more robust showing here in this fourth quarter. It may, it may again, and we talk about beef and tight supply, maybe providing support, but even, even cattle had a pretty hard turn in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's just this, uh, you know, consumer spending money on, let's call it Christmas and higher interest rates and, and just not, not chasing some of the, you know, the, I'd call them better food items um, between cheese and beef. And, um, it's it just tough. So the dairy producers looking at tight margins right now. Um, a lot of the defensive posturing that may have benefited the producer, uh, those may be sort of running out of gas here with the front months where they're priced. What I would want to point out, though, is you've got your deferred months still above $18, June all the way through the end of next year. At what point as a cattle, as a dairy producer, do you not really defend some of that? Uh, I think you just have to look at that as, you know, a rational reason to be a defensive-minded uh, and posture defensively into those deferred months. Brian, good stuff as always. Final thoughts, anything you want to mention or reiterate here for folks uh, before we wrap up today's program? Yeah, so, so you know, farmers have been around a long time. They're resilient. We've lived through some of these tough pricing windows here. Things do and can change. So, uh, you know, the, the the old saying, early word gets the burn, early word, early bird gets the worm. Maybe it's more just being more prepared, kind of being realistic. Um, you know, I, th I think it's 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 a challenge right now. But uh, look, you know, don't leave a stone unturned looking for advantages um, and, and you know, tighten the belt and keep talking to people in your, what I'm going to call your success circle that can help you achieve your goals. Uh, so that they do so in a, in, a, in a manner that's productive. Well, Brian, if folks want to reach out to you and ask some questions and get advice there at Total Farm Marketing, I know they can reach you many different ways. How can they get a hold of you, Brian? I, I think, Jess, if I could encourage it, uh, a phone call would be number one, 800-334-9779. So let's start with that. And then I would encourage an email, Brian with a Y, at totalfarmmarketing.com. Um, or if you just want to read something, take a look at our website and got a lot of good resources there for you. 
Well, fantastic. We appreciate the time as always. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Once again, Brian Doherty there with Total Farm Marketing. Find them online, totalfarmmarketing.com, and you can get connected with Brian and their great team that they have there just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So uh, thanks to Brian again for joining us here this week on the program. We're about out of time. Again, a uh, solid day on Thursday in the markets with wheat leading. Chicago wheat, the upside leader, double-digit gains there. Corn was up slightly. Soybeans under some pressure with that uh, rain in the forecast for Brazil here as we go into the weekend. Solid rebound in hogs as well. Triple-digit gains in many of the contracts led by front month February up 375 on the day. Thursday, 6905. Cattle a little bit lower as well. Crude oil uh, wrapping up the day down kind of slightly here with the stock market relatively quiet. Be interesting to see how the markets react on Friday as we round out the first week of trading in 2024. And of course, we got that big WASD report coming up on January 12th that we got to think about. We're out of time here on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us on today's program. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day.